I woke up to a phone call, which is the worst way to wake up. The ringtone sounded like the music played at the memorial last year on September 11th. It's not a surprise it reminded me of the music played on September 11th. I rolled over to the left side of my bed to answer the phone. James, don't forget, big day threat. Your timer is on, figure your shape. With that said, get to the studio at 9 on the dot. All right, Bobby, I'll make it. Thanks for the reminder. See you, James. Goodbye, I was able to say. He happened to hang up just before I said his name. I then looked to the top right of my phone. The time read 8.19. The drive is 30 minutes. How was I supposed to get ready so fast? I rushed down the stairs and put a mug under the coffee maker. I flipped the switch to run the coffee maker and switched back upstairs. I threw on a white button-down shirt with a black tie, gray pants, and ran to the mirror of my bathroom checking if I looked all right. Out loud, I told myself, you look great. Just go to the studio at 9. I turned around, closing my door behind me, and rushed to the coffee maker. The coffee was ready, and so I grabbed my coffee and entered the garage where my shoes are. I placed the coffee on the ledge of the stair that is only three steps high. Once my shoes were on, I stood up and clicked the white button to open the garage. Garage door, the house alarm read as I clicked the white button. I ran to the car, opened the door, turned the throttle on, and I was off. The time below the vocals read 8.28. I could make it in time. I could actually make it for once. There happened to be no traffic on a Saturday. Saturday, though, I thought. There's always traffic on Saturday. It then occurred to me. Most people are at the memorial serving for the people who had died. The studio was only three minutes away. I then got there drifting my car into the driveway of the studio, hoping I would make it. Once again, I looked below the vocals and the time read 8.53. Surprisingly, I had plenty of time. I wanted to run to the bathroom to take a quick dip, but and then I was stopped in my tracks. I bumped into a fellow guest part of the show. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. Pardon me, but are you James Esposito? I was told that you will be hosting the show today. If so, I'm your guest, Marco Cantarudis. The man told me. Oh, yes, I'm James Esposito, in fact. Nice to meet you, Marco, but I'll be hosting the show today, I replied. Nice. I'm just going to play according to what you ask. All right. Sounds good. I'm just going to ask you a bit about your personal experience. I'm aware. We should get going back to the studio right now. We are starting in a bit. All right, then. I spoke. The two of us turned around and walked towards the back past the front door of the studio. We then in the front... We were then in front of the glowing red door that read, Do not enter. Employees only. Marco pushed the door open, almost hitting an employee holding a clapperboard and a camera. It was obvious he was the one recording our show. Hurry up, you slow folks. You should have been here a minute ago. We are starting this now. The man ordered. Listening to the man, I didn't hesitate. I immediately sat down on the chair next to the left next left of the table. Following me, Marco then sat down beside me. You ready, Marco? I certainly am. Yep, more ready than ever. He replied. I seemed to speak with much confidence, but in my heart, I was racing quickly. I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of everybody on my first actual day. I closed my eyes and took deep breath. In through your nose and out through your mouth, I told myself. I kept repeating this phrase until I was shook by the person recording. Hey, get ready. We're starting right now. Get settled. I'll come down for you, too. I looked at Marco, and he was already looking back. He nodded to me, indicating he's ready. I nodded back. I then turned around to the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, action. I took one last deep breath and then took a go. Hello, folks. I'm James Esposito, and I have somebody special with me. A former 
from former 9-11 survivor, Marco. Hello. Knowing it's September 11th, Marco is going to explain his personal experience. He will simply explain quickly what it was like during the event and what he did to escape. Now, with that said, Marco, I'll leave it to you. Phew. So far, so good, I thought. No grammar er errors yet, really, and thankfully I'm not practically hyperventilating. I'm not so good in moments like these. I get pretty scared and weirded out. Anyways, Marco went on to speak. Thank you, James. I'll tell you about it. Okay, so yes, it is true. I was present during the Twin Tower crash. I was on the 12th floor working until all of a sudden I heard a huge explosion. The tower shook and my computer fell off my desk. At first, I supposed it was an earthquake, so I was somewhat worried, but was even more I was even more worried when I stopped outside. The top floors were on fire and part of the tower looked like it was about to slide off at any time. The workers that worked worked upon the same floor as me all evacuated the building safely. My friends who happened to work here all as well as as well had a meeting at the top of the floor today, but was sick, so he passed on the meeting. Thank God he didn't come. I wouldn't be able to cherish fun times with them anymore if he were if he were to die. The two of us were both lucky. He happened to skip and I happened to be on a low floor, the twelfth floor. Seeing the plane crash from a first person hand from my first hand point of view was pretty cool but also devastating. Couldn't imagine suffering the people went through on the top floor. Many unfortunately didn't make it. On the way home I was literally starstruck. I couldn't believe what was happening. Oh wow. You're pretty gosh dang lucky that you worked on the twelfth floor. My uncle unfortunately passed. He was on the seventy first floor. He had no way of escape. I'm sorry for your loss, but yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I was then about to say one last line, but I was then stopped to the scream of cut. Marco then stepped towards me and shook my hand. Thanks. We did well. I nodded my head and smiled, and then Marco was out. I then sat there for maybe 12 seconds, and I was about to ask the other person in the room where our next guest was, but I was then stopped to the sound of the door opening. Through the door came the second guest. He came up to me and shook my hand and greeted me with, How do you do? How do you do? I answered in return. He sat down in the chair beside me, just where Marco had sat. Then, all of a sudden, the person recording starts the countdown. The show was moving along quickly, a little too quick for my likings. I heard the man count down as I controlled my breaths. I opened my eyes just in time to hear action. I then spoke, hello folks, I'm James Esposito, and I'm back with a new guest, Turner Foster. Just like Marco, Turner is special. He's a 9-11 survivor. Now, Turn. Tell us about your survival. Thank you, James. I'm a 9-11 survivor. Myself, extremely lucky. I was the only one on the seventh floor. Escape was no, no, not difficult. Considering the crash was way above me, the lower floors only felt a shake in the floor. I assumed the interruption was an earthquake at first, but then I was corrected when I stepped outside. I saw a plane stuck in the windows of the upper floor. There was smoke everywhere and part of the two twin towers looked as if it was about to fall. Looking back down, I saw people sprinting at the door, screaming. The whole, it was a whole nother level of horrific. I, I then quickly rushed to my car and tried to get out of this horrific event. When I got home, I quickly turned on the news and read it. 
militants associated with the Isaac extremist group Al Quiddy hijacked four planes and carried out suicide attacks against targets in the United States. Two of the planes were flown into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York City. The third plane hit the Pentagon just outside Washington, D.C., and the fourth plane crashed in a field in Shankville, Pennsylvania. Almost 2,000 people were killed during the 9-11 terrorist attack, which triggered many U.S. innovates to combat terrorism and define the presidency of George W. Bush as the evacuation of the tower and twins got underway. Television's cameras broadcast live images of what initially appeared to be a freak accident. There isn't much to my story, but I hope you get the idea of how tragic this event really was. Several lives were lost. Listening to your story, I really understood how tragic it was. The story seemed much more intense than Marco's. I almost forgot to say something because I was in shock by his line. Oh wow, you made the story sound much more intense. I was unaware that the circumstances were that gruesome. Jeez. Yeah, they were extremely gruesome. I was then about to speak what interfered, interfered by the yell of cut by the man recording. The man just pointed towards the door for us to leave then. It was somewhat awkward. The whole time being here was awkward, and I always felt pressure on myself. I then got up and walked out the door and then out the front door. The way out, Turner didn't even say anything to me. Not a good job or a thanks. His attitude was certainly nothing like Marco's. Once I got into the car, I drove home and came to the conclusion of quitting. The job puts too much strain on myself, and it's very awkward. Besides, I'm not even the main guy.